Good morning, everyone. I thank God for this. I thank God for this day. And I thank the leadership of this church of giving me the opportunity to share Psalms 23. I've tried to be organized this morning. I've got it on the slide. Uh, Psalms 23, that's my favorite psalm. If you wake me up at night, I can say it without even looking at it. That's how much it means to me. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I can paraphrase the last verse, verse 6, to mean God's love will follow me all the days of my life. His loving kindness relentlessly pursues me all the days of my life. He never stopped chasing me with his love and kindness. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your word, for thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. As we share together every letter, every word, every sentence, every phrase, may it mean something to each and every one of us this morning. Speak, Lord, we are listening. Amen. Just want to give you a little bit of background on who wrote this psalm, David. Who better qualified to write this such, uh, this such a poem than David, who the Lord took from tendering the sheep to be the shepherd of his people. David, a man who walked with God, and his life had a mix of several experiences. Most of his writings were coming from personal experiences for us to learn. There are three themes. Okay. There are three themes that I picked up from the psalm, and the shepherd and the sheep, the traveler and the companion, and the guest and the host. We're going to go through the first one, verses one and three. It talks about the sheep and the shepherd. What's the role of a shepherd? It's someone who watches over, looks after, and guides the sheep. The green pastures and quiet waters mean rest and refreshment for the sheep. Restoration is the rescuing of the animals from danger. The shepherd's skill of clearing the field ground of dangerous creatures protects the animals. On return to the sheepfold, he anoints the, the, uh, the ointment of the small injuries and the large two-handed cup beaming with water for the weary sheep will refresh the animals. You can imagine that when you're tired and you get home, you become refreshed. How refreshing will that be? The next verse is verse four. The traveler and the companion even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Where is the location of this place called the valley of the shadow of death? Even if when I'm there, 
I'll fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, not because you took me out of the situation or the place, but because you came into the situation. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The, next, the, last, two verse, the last two verses, verses five and six, the guest and the host. The table illustrates the abundancy satisfaction and everlasting life. I always look at this when I'm taking the communion, where I come before God. I was taught that when, when we are taking communion, when God invites us, I should start thinking about my sins and everything that I've done wrong. But as I read the Psalm, God revealed to me that when I come out of the valley of the shadow of death, he has prepared a table. I can come in there is abundance, there is satisfaction, there is everlasting life. I am not judged, he loves me just the way I am. It is a feast at his table of endless love and grace. Each scenario expressing one aspect of David, confidence, I shall not want, I will not fear, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Another background that we have, it's not on my slide here, I'll read it from there. <laughs> the events of the Exodus, even before his family enslavement in Egypt, Jacob could speak of God who has been my shepherd all my life. After Israel had been rescued from slavery, Moses could remind them that in the wilderness you have not lacked nothing. The words of green pastures and quiet waters corresponds with the dwelling and the rest to which God is leading, to which God was leading them and is still leading us. Sinai was where the Lord made his name known. The wilderness was the land of the shadow of death. So what does this mean to us? What does this psalm mean to us? I know all of you, you have heard my testimony of salvation. Today I wanna share with you from salvation to where I am today. When I got saved, I lived in South Africa. God exported me from there. He gave me a different pasture. He said, you have been through this. For you to, to begin to have a fresh start, you need a new environment. So I came to the UK. It was a new place for me, new culture, different things to learn. But the most thing that I learned at this time was when I came in, I was the only one. My only friends that I had were the people at work because I came through work, excuse me. I came through work, so the people I knew was the people at work. When I got back home, it was just myself. I was renting a studio apartment where there was no one, so my best friend was my Bible. I read my Bible. Some days I'll be so frustrated because it didn't mean anything. And I'll be asking myself, so what does it mean? So what happened? So who is this one? I had so many questions. So on that apartment, I had a contract for six months. So after the six, before the six months lapsed, I decided that I would rent a house where there'll be people around so that I can speak to people. So one day I was looking for a place. I got to a house, Joyce house. This lady had a room that she wanted to let out. So when I met with Joy, she showed me the room 
that she was letting out in the house. It was a fantastic place to live. But she told me, she can't tell me whether I've got the place or not. She needs to ask her father. It didn't mean anything to me. I went away. After a week, she came back and said, Miriam, you can have the place. I said, okay. So in my head, I was asking, so who is your father? And she said to me, my father said I should look after his sheep. So that gave meaning to me. I know what that meant. So I moved into Joy's house. Joy used to go to a New Testament church, love your vibrant church, I loved her. But there was something I want, there was one person I wanted to meet, the Holy Spirit. I've read about it, I loved what he did. I like action, if you know me, most of my movies that I want, if there's no action, that's not a movie. So I really needed to meet the Holy Spirit. So what I did was, when I went to church that Sunday, they spoke about the Holy Spirit and the baptism. I went to the pastor, I said, I want to get baptized. He said, Miriam, you need to do a baptism course. I said, I'm up for it. So on my baptism course, I learned that I need to be prayed for, for me to receive the Holy Spirit. I said, I can do it, can we do it now? The pastor said, no. On the Sunday service, we'll be praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. Sunday came prayed for me, nothing happened. So Joy and Mrs. Henry, they decided, Mrs. Henry was the leader of that church, they decided that before I get baptized, I need to receive the Holy Spirit. So they came home and prayed for me. We prayed for two hours, nothing happened. And doubt started creeping in, I was wondering, is this, is it not, is it? But I was so sure of what I know and what I want. So. I let it go. They said, Miriam, let's just leave it. Just relax, don't worry about it. I said, okay. The day of my baptism, there were four people in front of me that got baptized, they went through. And then came my turn. I walked to the, to, to, to the pool. The minute I wanted to step into the pool, oh my way, words started flowing in my mouth. I could not understand, I hold my mouth and my, pastor said, Miriam, let it go. At that, I was very nervous, and I was like, maybe I've done something wrong. The words kept on coming out. I could not shut up. I went into the water because I decided, at that time, I decided to close my eyes and walk into the water with my eyes shut. I don't want to see what's happening around. Have you ever watched, um, I watch a lot of cartoons because of kids. Have you ever seen a cursed place, and then when the light comes, everything just lights up? That's how it became. As I had closed my eyes, that's what I saw in that water. And then I decided at some point I opened my eyes and I saw everyone in tears. I said, is this you? The excitement, the joy that filled my heart that day, I cannot explain it. It, re it really healed me on a lot of things. The word of God, as I read through the word of God, a lot of things were dealt with but there were certain things that were not dealt with. I still struggled with anger. I still struggled with a lot of things. Why this didn't happen to me? Why am I in this state? But God took me through. I was healed through his word, through receiving the Holy Spirit that day. I was healed. And some of the experiences that I had, I'll share how I met Richard and Kate. I met Richard and Kate on a conference called Game Changer. They told me they were setting up a church in Leeds. I came with, I said, I live in Leeds. I want to be part of that. Tell me when you're coming in. They said, we'll conduct you when we get to Leeds. They conducted me. We went for a meal. On that meal, 
I sat with them, we had a great time. They told me what they are thinking about, what God is saying to them. That was fantastic. That's not the highlight. After the meal, we had just said our goodbyes. They left, I left. Just a few steps away, Richard turned back and said, Miriam, I looked back. In my heart, it felt like there is something that didn't happen. I, I wasn't sure of what it was. Richard turned back and he said, Miriam, whenever you need a mom and dad, we are here. I say this with tears in my mouth, in my eyes, because there's something that I've been longing for since my parents died. Wherever I went to a church, I'll call the pastor and his wife, mom and dad, so that with that title that I've given them, they will speak to me and I will listen. I've been looking for people to, to be mom and dad to me, but Richard offered himself. You do not know what that healed in my heart. You do not know what that healed in my heart. So this is where God has taken me from. He's healed me through his word. He's healed me through meeting people that he has called, really called. But above all this, there is also times when I've been mentoring other people and God has healed me. I'm going to share one of the clips that I received in 2020 from one of the girls that I mentored. I left Sheffield where I was serving in 2016, and then on the 2020, I received this message. Abby will share it with us. Hello, Auntie Miriam. I hope you are keeping well. I've been meaning to get in touch with you for a little while now, just to thank you for being such a phenomenal role model to me. I remember when I first met you back in, I think it was 2013, 2014, and you were sharing much about your life experiences and your goals and visions for the future and watching you smash each and every one of them and walk forward in boldness, integrity, and with courage into everything that you envisioned for your life and for your family has been awe-inspiring. So thank you so much, woman of God, for being a light in the darkness and for, and for keeping me going, even though I may have never said this to you before. I wanted to take this time to just show you that honor and let you know that you are just a remarkable, remarkable human being. God bless you in all that you do in the future. May he continue to bring you that shalom peace of healing and wholeness and prosperity across every area of your life and calling in Christ Jesus. Take care, Auntie. Bye-bye. God did that for me. I didn't do it, he did that for me. A man can be revived so that he can revive others. Second Corinthians verse one to three says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father, there is a scripture for this, Abby. It says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all comfort. Who, comes, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. When God is doing something in your life, 
he looks beyond. To, to look on who will, ben, who will be the beneficiary of your experience. I have been through life situations that necessitated superiority intervention of God. And I've learned something about God. I have been through, sorry, 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us that there are times we go through seasons in our lives where God is able to uniquely reveal himself and comfort us. That comfort can come, can become your strength so that you will meet somebody that has been in that situation that you can help. If that and when you meet them, you will be able to draw from the archives of your pain and bring comfort to them. John 16, God warns us about the world, but verse 33 in particularly, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. I understand the joy of salvation. It got me excited. I understand the joy of achievement. And when things work well in my life, I get so excited. But I was never taught about the seasons of change when they, get, when they have a negative impact. When it, it makes you broken, discouraged, distressed, and sometimes totally confused. It is at these moments when the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and, de and destroy. And if you're not really, really clued into the word of God, you can lose your faith because of what the situation looks like. But take heart, the casualty of that comes out of that season can discourage other believers. And also, the victory that comes out of that season can strengthen other believers. Remember verse six that I said, God's love will always follow us all the days of our lives. His loving kindness relentlessly pursues us all, all our life. He never stopped chasing us with his love and kindness. I have three keys, three keys that I wanna leave with you as you go through your restoration period. A revelation of God's love, that's the first key that I have. We are the sons of God. We've been singing about God's love. We've been singing about how great he is. The consciousness of the love of God is a strengthener. I don't care how you look at me, I know I'm daddy's girl. I can stand tall. I have been in interviews where I have spoken about God. I am not fearful of anything. They'll rather say she's weird, but I know where I'm coming from. The second key is comfort of scripture. Scripture brings comfort. When you see where others went through in the Bible and how God has came through for them, it gives you comfort. If you can say, this is the same God that did this, I know you will come through for me. I've, be, I've listened to some people's situation, you know my story, and I've had to choose my story and said, I'll keep mine. I think that's the best experience I've ever had. 
comfort in the scriptures. And prayer. My favorite prayer before, as soon as I got saved, I didn't know how to pray. I remember my favorite prayer was, the devil is a liar, that's how far I could go. Because I had heard the woman that was praying for me, while I was in a situation where only God could come through for me. That's what I had her pray. For months and months I was praying, devil is a liar. If you ask me to carry on from there, I didn't know what to say, you know. So prayer, I hold prayer dearly, you know. Prayer, that's where I exchange my pain to the peace of God. That's where I go before God. If I can't tell anyone else, I can go to God and say, God, see where I'm coming from. Sometimes I just kneel there and cry because I don't know what to say. And it still comes through prayer. So we all got a story. What about your story? Where can you see God doing this in your life? Where do you need God to draw close and take you to those green pastures and quiet waters and restore your soul? Are you walking through the valley of the shadow of death? The God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, he's here. Just open your heart. Just say yes. He will just do the rest. All you need to do is just to wake up. He will take over. That's how much the greatest lover he is. All you need to do is to wake up. Put your feet down. He will take over. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. I come before you this morning with total, total gratitude of all that you've done for all that you continue to do in our lives. Even as we see the, the economy that is unstable, lots of uncertainty going around us, but we know you are the rock that we stand. We know that you are a God that is faithful. You always come through, not in our own timing, but in your own timing. And I pray that if there is anyone who is going through the valley of the shadow of death, who is needing the restoration that only you can provide, that you will be that answer this morning. I thank you, Father, because you are a miracle worker. You never fail. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.